Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show on AM 1000 in Orange and San Diego counties and on AM 930 in Los Angeles County. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you through the good offices of Relevant Radio from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today from Catholic Relief Services are two very special guests who are going to bring us some very compelling stories of people who have been struggling in the country of Vietnam. And the two people we're talking to are Tung Trong. Did I get it close? Yeah, Tung Chiang. Tung is your first name, and I'm going to stick with that if you don't mind. Yes. Okay. And then, of course, the other person we have in the studio today is Maria Arroyo. And Maria is the regional field director for Catholic Relief Services on the West Coast. Yes. And then Tung is the country manager for Vietnam. And before we get started, I would very much like to lead us in a word of prayer. Maria, would you mind opening us up with a brief word of prayer? Sure. I um, am happy to invite us to pray our CRS Rice Bowl prayer. Let us together pray, O God, your creation nourishes us and we are called to care for it. When we don't, our global family suffers This Lent teaches us to share what we have so that like the day Jesus fed the 5,000, all your children have enough food to build their dreams and a brighter future. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that prayer was printed on the side of what in my parish we've called the rice bowl boxes, uh, which we see coming out most Lents where you put the money in the box. We're going to be talking about uh, the rice bowls, and part of the reason we're talking about the rice bowls is what they go toward, and that's why we've brought Tung on to talk. Now, before we get started, Vietnam from the late 1960s through, well, the 50s through the early 1970s went through a traumatic civil war, which, of course, the United States got itself involved with, but you were born during that time. So you grew up in a very wounded nation. Tell us a little bit about your story, Tom. So um, I was born uh, during the war in, in Vietnam in uh, 1972, three years be- before the war ended. And um, to share a story that when I was two months old, uh, my village was bombed. And um, many people was killed. I survived because my uh, my mother wrapped me in a blanket and put me in a bathroom, <clears throat> and I survived. I grew up in in a small village, and for many years, I experienced hunger in the village. Nothing to eat, no, no. rice. This is after the, after the war, war has been ended. After the war, the like during uh, 1976 until 1986 and okay. uh, early uh, 19... So those years were very rough years in Vietnam. Very in difficult, your, yes. In your area especially, there was a lot of hunger that was... A going. lot of hunger, and a lot of people left the country because there was not enough food uh, in the country. So when I was small, I, my, my dream was just to eat a big piece of chicken because for many months I, I, I did not uh, have meat to, to eat. Mm-hmm. So that's why with those experience, when I grow up, I, I, I did have a bigger dream. Uh, I would like to do anything to support people to have uh, enough food to eat, wow. uh, support children to go to uh, school. And, and I don't want to see my, my mother have to work from for. I am in the morning until the midnight to feed myself, my brother, and my family. So uh, that's why I'm, I'm working on the development field, and, and I'm very lucky to have opportunity to work with the Catholic Relief Service. Now, you've been to the United States before, but you haven't stayed very long. You live in Vietnam, you grew up in Vietnam, and you're very much Vietnamese. Uh, I grew up in Vietnam. I live in Vietnam and work in Vietnam. 
for like uh, 40 years. So, yeah, I, I've been to U.S. for just for study. Okay, so you came uh, about a year or so to... I was here in uh, 2005 and 2006. At the time, I worked on a project to uh, combat human trafficking. Oh, wow. That, that was a big issue in Vietnam at the time. Sure. So women and children was trafficked to other countries like uh, uh, Cambodia or China. So I got a scholarship from the uh, U.S. government to, to study here for, for one oh, year. Oh, wow. Very good. So, so you were able to come and spend some time here in order to learn techniques and become proficient at helping your country solve the problem of human trafficking. That is a fantastic story because there are so many people who like to hear that it's not just the United States throwing money at a problem. We're actually, they, we brought you up to be trained so you would go back and help your own country solve its problem. Yes. So that was for human trafficking, but you're doing something that's a little bit different now. Yes. Tell us what happened. Um, right now, I'm a country manager for Catholic Relief Service in, in Vietnam. Uh, so you may know that Catholic Relief Service uh, is working in more than 100 countries to support the poor people, vulnerable people around the world. So uh, Vietnam is one of the countries we want to provide support. Currently, we have uh, three uh, programs. Uh, one program to support persons with disabilities, so like provide uh, basic ed education service for children with disabilities, provide training to teachers how to work with children, provide support to parent association and direct support to children. So children with disability could stay in the school. And uh, we also provide health service okay. for, for persons with disabilities. Let me back up for a moment. So we're talking about, in the United States, children that have disabilities, first of all, they usually get very good health care, and so they're equipped with good accommodations, equipment that helps them compensate for whatever they have. I'm assuming that in Vietnam that doesn't happen as often or as well. In Vietnam, you know, uh, because we've got many reasons, so there are around six to seven million people with disabilities, and many of them are children. Service are there, but uh, many people still don't have access to, 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 to good quality service. They don't have access to it, okay. Yeah, so that's why we, we come and provide support. So many children with disability sometimes they say they, they don't have opportunity to go to school uh, because uh, maybe uh, teachers don't have skills to work with them. School uh, does not have resource. CS uh, came in and provide support to bring them to the school, and and sometimes they don't have very good health, and we provide rehabilitation service, and before um, they could go to school, so they they can have basic skill to go to school. So well, that's one that's one program. Many years ago, I was a special education teacher. So okay. uh, so children with disabilities. So I, I, I can appreciate what you're talking about because many of the teachers that I interacted with who had not been trained in how to work with special needs children can be intimidated by it and then don't know what to ask, don't know what to do, don't know how to compensate. So your services are to kind of train teachers in addition to providing services right. to the children. Yeah. So the teachers then are able to better serve the children. Right. So we go back to an investment in the, in the community. This is beautiful. So what you're doing is investing not just in the individual students, which is very important, but you're investing in the people who will be serving many students, the teachers yes. and staff. We also provide support to the parent association and the disabled um, people organization so they can, can organize themselves and provide support to uh, children in need. Wow. Um, besides the um, disability program, we have a program on the landmine education. Landmine land education. education. As in blowing up landmines. Uh, they Me are. Meaning, in other words, these are the type that blow up. Yeah. Uh, left so over from the Vietnam War. Left over from Vietnam War. So after the war, till now, around 100,000 people have been killed because of, of, of landmine. And my left from, from, from the war. Wow. So it's, it's estimated that it's take another 100 years to clear on the uh, landmine uh, in, in the country. Wow. So what we do is to provide awareness raising to local people and children 
because uh, you you may hear the news every day. Some sometimes that children has been killed because they play in the school playing ground and they emit a landmine. They don't know what they are and they play with that. Uh, so we 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 provide we work with the school, work with communities, and uh, work with children running some. Uh, Uh, knowledge contests and activity for, oh. for them to, to, to learn how to the risks and how to avoid. Um, See, in our country, we risks. teach our children how to avoid cars and trains and how not to get hit by things and maybe not get bit by a dog. And you're trying to train children how not to get blown up by leftover ordnance and landmines. Wow. Yeah. So, so you're trying to train people again so they can educate other people. Yes. We use different way of uh, train people. We work with the school system, uh, train teachers, so teachers can can work with many children. We work with uh, communities and organize many social activities so people can learn about that. So activity could be organized at night time for the farmer to to know about that. We, uh, yeah. So I would assume farming is very hazardous, especially if you're going to try to farm a field that hasn't been farmed since the war. Uh, you know, some poor farmers they they go out to the field and collect uh, scrap uh, metal for selling. So oh, that's wow. that's dangerous. So we, sure. we we need to provide them with information what they should do. They uh, they should have a hotline. So if they see something like landmines, they should report. Uh, otherwise, they will take it and sell uh, sell the landmine uh, and landmine to a collectors, and it's dangerous. Yeah. Well, yeah, just not just. Because the farmer might get blown up, but if it actually gets out it there, happened. it's a live landmine, and it's out there on the collector's item on the collector's market. Is there's a market, so people collect that. So, so that's why we need to work very hard to educate uh, people, educate the collectors wow. and and farmers. Catholic Relief Services is doing an awful lot. It sounds like they're doing a huge amount. Or you're the manager for the nation. It sounds like you're doing an awful lot in Vietnam to be able to empower a lot of people. When we come back, because we're going to take a break here in just a moment, I want to find out a little bit more about what's going on in Vietnam, but also how we're able to help. And I want to hear a little bit from you, Maria, about what Catholic Relief Services is doing and why it is Tuang was brought here. So you're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today from Catholic Relief Services is Dung Trung. And Maria Arroyo. And uh, we are talking about Catholic Relief Services. We're going to be talking about uh, the rice bowls that are going to be showing up very shortly in our parishes and why those are important so that you can be a link to helping the people who are trying to help educate people in places like Vietnam who are in need of not only clearing of landmines and how to do that safely, but also... How to do something as simple as train a teacher to better educate children with special needs. When we come back, we will talk about all of that. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope here in beautiful Garden Grove, California, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today are two very special guests from Catholic Relief Services, a relief service that um, is uniquely Catholic in that it doesn't sponsor things that might be objectionable morally, which I know there are other organizations around the world that provide some very good things, but also some morally questionable things. So before we go any further, and I want to get back, because there's still a lot more that goes on in Vietnam. Disaster services uh, are some things we need to continue to talk about in just a moment. But I want to go to Maria. Maria, Catholic Relief Services, tell us a little bit about it and why it is you brought Tung here uh, on his mission to speak to all of us. Sure. So Catholic Relief Services is the official humanitarian agency of the U.S. Catholic Church. So we were founded in 1943 by the U.S. Catholic bishops as a response to the suffering uh, of victims of World War II. So Catholic Relief Services has been around for a very long time, over 75 years. Uh, however, we find that many people 
um, in the U.S. don't don't know about uh, Catholic Relief Services or CRS. We we call it by its acronym, and so that's part of our work here is to create that awareness that we have this uh, this really this treasure, this gem of an agency that's doing a lot of the important work. You know, the two feet of love. We talk about the two feet of love. Charity and justice, they go hand in hand. And so we as an agency really uh, are looking to uh, be able to implement, to enact that part of our faith in a very concrete way and invite others, invite our Catholic community in the U.S. to to do the same. I know you're truly around the world. I did a show with a couple of other people from CRS who were working, I believe, in Central and South America uh, on water uh, access mm-hmm. to be able to get clean drinking water to villages that otherwise either don't have it or have to walk for long periods of time in order to get it. Things that we take for granted here in the United States are just developing in many parts of the world, and Catholic Relief Services truly provides relief in the work that they do. Yes, we're in about 100 countries, and we form part of the Caritas Network, um, which is headquartered in, in in the Vatican. So um, we are definitely part of that network that provides um, opportunities um, for the most poor and vulnerable communities uh, around the world. And uh, Vietnam, which is one of the countries that's highlighted in the CRS Rice Bowl program this year, is one of those countries that um, our colleague, Thun, is is helping to make happen. So we were talking about some of the major things that Catholic Relief Services in Vietnam has done. And during the break, I said, so have we got through uh, most of it? And you kind of shook your head, oh, no, we've got a lot more to go. (laughs) You were saying that one of the issues in Vietnam are unplanned problems, disasters and things that come along. How does Catholic Relief Services help Vietnam during those times? Vietnam is a country, uh, according to many research, that one of the country mostly affected by the climate change and uh, natural disasters. Like every year, Vietnam is hit by 10 to 12 very big hurricane. So which could uh, destroy the people's livelihood, crop, and uh, threaten to the long-term uh, economic development of the country, poverty elevations, and people really suffer uh, from uh, big natural disaster. So besides hurricane, we have flood, we have a drought, uh, and other type of, of disaster. So CIS work with the local communities and to support people to prepare, better prepare for the natural disaster and support them when, when it happens. So to working together with local community organization, we identify the local risks and help them to develop the plan and identify the evacuation map, farmer learn how to protect their crop and and strengthening the house against the hurricane. So what you're primarily focused on doing then isn't so much focused on help after disaster. We do. You're focused on trying to prepare people ahead of time so they're better prepared for when disaster strikes. Is that, yeah. is that it? We have them to prepare and have them after the, the disaster strike, the, 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 the country. But hopefully to implement the plan, whatever the plan is. Yes, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm here this, uh, this month to support the um, Catholic Relief Service arrival program, and I share a story of a small girls who are living in, in Vietnam. Before we get to the story of the small girl, I just want to make sure that our listening audience knows what we're talking about for these little rice bowls. I've seen them for years in my parish. I'm out in the San Bernardino Diocese most of the time. So we've had them for years. During Lent, uh, children are usually given these, but anyone is is able to take one and then put your change in throughout the, the month or so of Lent and then turn them in at the end in order to make a donation. That's essentially how these bowls have historically worked. Is that right? Uh, correct, correct. So uh, uh, the CRS Rice Bowl program um, really has been around for over 40 years, began in 1973, and it's been uh, a program that has helped uh, give the Catholic community in the U.S. Um, an opportunity to deepen their 
faith, their understanding of our global world, our connection and relationship and responsibility as Catholics to respond to the needs of the most poor and vulnerable, and specifically during the season of Lent. So let's come back to that, because I know that there's more to it than that. But that's essentially what we're talking about. We're talking about rice bowl. We're not talking about bowls of rice. We're talking about bowls of money. (laughs) Correct, correct. We're talking about it's a process. uh, It's a formation piece and also an opportunity to invest in. um, And for any of you who are listening out there who have a leftover one from a year gone by you forgot to bring in, it's never too late to bring those in as long as they are filled with money. But coming back to where we were before, Tung, you were talking about the natural disasters and preparation for natural disasters. And as we were discussing that, it struck me that this nation has been hit by so many different types of disasters, man-made disasters, ongoing disasters with the the human trafficking that we've talked about, um, leftover ordnance and, and landmines that are still out there, and then natural disasters of flooding and hurricanes and the like. This is a very, very stressed society. The resources just aren't there to prepare people. I mean, we're not just talking about resources to give. We're talking about resources to prepare because the people want to be prepared so they can they can take care of themselves. Is that right? Yeah. The local community, normally, they are very poor, and they don't know how, how to protect their crop or strengthening their house, for example. So it came in and then provide training and, and organize themselves and also use the local resource to pe- prepare for the disaster. And we also came in when uh, to provide support them when a disaster happened in, in the areas. So that's a story. It's about how CS support the poor uh, family and poor children so they can live out her dream, the children's dream for the futures. And what a lot of people don't know is that there are... The American experience was primarily in South Vietnam, and the entire nation was affected by the war. The entire nation uh, is poor, and the entire nation is affected by natural disasters and all the issues that take place. How many people are in Vietnam right now? What's the population, roughly? The population of Vietnam right now is uh, around 96 million. People, but we have do have many Vietnamese people who live in other countries. Oh, sure, we have many that live here. <laughs> so but... in total, we may have a hundred million people. <laughs> wow! But the, in Vietnam itself, there's almost a hundred million people that are in this this very turbulent area, and there's a lot of, the, of call that's needed in order to help. So tell me a little bit more about what it is that you would help prepare farmers to be able, for example. To deal, what would Catholic Relief Services do in order to try to help people prepare for disasters? Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, that we we run what we call like a community-based uh, disaster management risk reduction uh, program. So uh, we work with the local communities, and uh, like we have a village and sit down with them, try to identify where the risks come from. What are the risks? What okay. are the risks? Could be flooding, could be the hurricane. Okay. So. So then, with those uh, risks, so what should we do? Like they set up um, like early warning system, okay, and they uh, uh, identify the way how to support other people, like the uh, elderly people, mm-hmm. the person with disability. So if uh, thing happen, so who can come and support those people? So we, we prepare a plan, and we do support them to prepare a, a plan for like uh, evacuation plan. If flooding came. So where uh, should they um, uh, move to, a uh, safe place uh, to, to stay during the, the flooding or during the hurricane? So we prepare them with, with those uh, plans. And we also um, uh, provide a training on how to strengthen, technique to strengthen the house. Oh, uh, so okay. so we, 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 uh, we, we have a, a manual and provide them to the uh, village, a farmer, and I work with the local uh, constructors, uh, there's a way to, to strengthen. There's a how simple technique to strengthen the house so, against hurricane. So you're not only looking at the paper plans of how to, who should be doing what where. You're actually looking at the architectural yes. issues that the individual buildings are having, yeah. and you're helping them discover ways to strengthen and retrofit and and try to re 
enforce the buildings that are there so they can withstand the natural disasters like hurricanes. Yes, and uh, we also work with school as well. So to ensure that uh, children have uh, safe uh, schools to study. So like every school in our area, we set up what they call like a disaster management unit. Mm-hmm. So including like parents and teachers and school leaders. So they work together also like to strengthening the school infrastructures and a plan for, 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 for children in case uh, they have a disaster. One of the things that I'm liking so much about what I'm hearing is the consistent pattern that your organization is has developed, which is to go in to empower the people. So the people are the ones who are doing most of the training. They're doing most of the work. They're the ones that are they're, – they're not being given something directly for the most part. They're being given training on how they can do things and training on how they can help other people and training so they can train, which is really a wonderful thing to be able to do. And we, we, we do have um, some other activity like plantation up uh, mangrove in the coastal area to minimize the, the, the loss of a crop. Um, so some strategic okay. planning for the land itself. Yeah. It's for the mangrove. We're going to have to take a break here for just a moment. I know that when we were talking about the stories of people in your country who just touch your heart, there's one story in particular we want to get to. On the boxes this year for the Operation Rice Bowl, although it's not called Operation Rice Bowl anymore. What's it called now? No, it's CRS Rice Bowl. CRS yeah. Rice Bowl. There's a photograph of two darling children, both smiling, uh, Vietnamese, and you know these children directly. So these are going to be in every one of our parishes. They're going to be out there. And when we come back, I want to hear the story about these two little girls. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today are Tung Trung and Maria Arroyo from Catholic Relief Services, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today are Maria Arroyo and Tung Trung, who are discussing with us the services that uh, your Catholic Church helps provide through Catholic Relief Services, which has been run by the Church since the late 1940s throughout the world. And today we're using one very important example about what has been going on in the country of Vietnam, which in the 50s, 60s, and early 70s was ravaged by war, but then endured poverty and hunger and infrastructure issues for years. Uh, Tung grew up in that era. We've been talking about how he's been trying to give back for the rest of his life to try to help other people in his country. And Catholic Relief Services has helped empower him to help empower other people. And when we were talking earlier we were discussing this photograph of these two young girls on the boxes of the uh, CRS rice bowls. And every one of these boxes has this picture on there, along with the beautiful prayer that you read earlier, which I may have you read again at the end of this. Tell us a little bit, why are these two young Vietnamese girls on these boxes for the rice bowls? Yeah. So uh, that's a story of, uh, of the girl. The, the, the name of the girl is uh, Chings, uh, who is uh, 12 years old. Ching? Li- Chings. Chings. And living in the center of Vietnam. CIS, we work in the four provinces in the central of Vietnam. The way we select those communities uh, based on the people, number of people who live in poverty, people who have disabilities, and because areas suffer from natural disasters, so we, we, we work in these areas, and we, we know the family. I personally met uh, Ching's last uh, summer when I was there to visit the family, so she was not at home, actually, during the, the Saturday. She went to the school in Vietnam sometimes. She would need to go to school in the, in the morning mm-hmm. on Saturday. I found one. I walked around, and two, I found two little kids, and then later on, I know that they, they are Ching's brother and sister, but they, they are very small. I thought the boy would be like uh, 11 years, like uh, similar age to, uh, with, with my second son. But then he's, he told me that he is 16 and, and studying wow. in, in the second uh, dairy school. So child malnutrition is uh, one of the uh, issues in, in, in Vietnam. 
Like so he's small because of the malnutrition. Uh, yeah, twenty five percent of uh, children in 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 Vietnam do have issue of uh, stunting, yeah. and fourteen percent of children have issue of underweight. So that's that's why the reason we want to work in in those areas, and uh, parents of Ching though they made appointment on that day to to meet me, but they was not at home. They went out to another village to get snail for income. To catch snails, snails, yeah, snails. Okay. So now, how do they get income from snails? I know you can't race them, so how do you? <laughs> you will need to catch uh, snails from the rice field, from the uh, uh, pond near uh, in, in the village, and but what do they do with snails? The snail become. Uh, Food for the farmer. They eat uh, the snail. They, they eat the snail. Okay. And 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 one person here would wonder how people could eat snails, but actually snail meat has become like in one uh, hundred dishes in 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 Vietnam. Well, the French have uh, had a pretty good recipe with some garlic with them, but um, I've not tried it myself. In the country like Vietnam, where with many time you experience food uh, deficiencies and hunger yeah. so snails has become important part of a healthy diet for people actually it is a um, kind of fast uh, and uh, low fat yeah. and, and and protein rich and vitamin rich well and there's a lot of people who in our country wouldn't think twice about eating oysters uh, yeah. or or other raw fish and sushi or whatever so snails isn't necessarily we're just not used to it so in, when i first hear when i first heard you talking about it my first thought was Snails, really? <laughs> you're going to eat snails? Well, yeah, I guess that makes some sense because it's going to be almost pure protein. You're not going to have any major issues with snails. Other than you getting the shell off, you have to go ahead and cook them, but they're going to be a protein source. And um, uh, snail, now they are selling snail in the restaurant. Uh, wow. Become a, a specialty. For, for, so for th- you went to go call on this family, and they weren't home when you went to call. Yeah. Because they were out trying to rustle snails, they they work very hard. Um, this family is very poor, so Chings live with her parents, two brothers, and one sisters. So her mother, she's not in the good health. She have uh, what they call thyroid disease, uh, basido. She has a tumor a, on her thyroid. Tumor, yeah, yeah in in at her, her her neck. A very typical disease when people. Did not have enough food or lacking up uh, iodine. She need to go to hospital, but she rarely uh, goes to hospital because she want to save money for family. And uh, her father, uh, Mr. Ving, same as uh, with, with with me. So he in poor health as well. So he have uh, calcium deficiency, so cause tiredness and increase heartbeat. He need to go to hospital, but it's to save money. He he go he used like traditional medicine. Well, let's back up for a moment. Let's talk about the family income and what their lifestyle would be like before we go into the the parents' health issues for just a moment. So the snails you mentioned that I'm sure that they not only sell them, they also eat some of them. What else do they eat on a regular basis? Their parents uh, catch a snail, so they normally they uh, go to catch a snail in the evening, from six uh, p.m. to ten p.m., uh, and they come back at the midnight, uh, sleep for four hours before wake up at four a.m. to work. So every day they can earn from three dollars to three dollars, three dollars, okay. or five dollars, or eight dollars by selling. Uh, snails meat. So less than ten dollars a day. Yeah, depend on season. Yeah. In the rainy season, they have more. They get eight dollars a day. More, 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 more snails. Otherwise, it's three dollars so, a day. But in order to catch a snail, they need to go a little bit far because many people in the village also go to catch. They're a snail. all catching snails. So it's become less, uh, and 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 they need to travel like from five to twelve miles to 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 catch a snail by foot. And they actually very poor. Uh, they don't have a motorbike or right. bicycle to, to, to go to another village who could not afford to buy it. Right. But then luckily, so one snail collector, a trader, 
who normally uh, buy a snail meat from from them. Yeah. So that's lend them one motorbike. So that's oh, wow. a couple, okay. uh, very old one, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, the value around like fifty dollars. But okay. they did not have money to buy it. Right. So they use that motorbike, very old one, okay. to, to so go and and, and, and 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 they, they, yeah, and catch snail. So that's uh, the, the one of the more income of the family. But they do uh, plant rice for family use, peanuts, sesame for family use. So they have one little cow uh, given by the local people to raise the cow and have small cow. Uh, they sell it for income. And in uh, 2018, they did raise uh, three pigs and uh, own pig was died. The pigs died? Pig died. Actually, it's very big access for the poor farmer, like, like yeah. them to have three pigs. The pig died because of the um, African swine virus. The swine flu went through. So you may hear about that, like it's killed 25% of world pig population. Yeah. So whenever we hear about the story like this, so the poor farmer, like Qing family, yeah. are the people who suffer from, from the... This isn't just the mega farms with thousands of pigs. This is also the poor itinerant farmer who's got two, three, four... And they die, and that that was going yeah. to be food for the for the next year, and it's gone. So I understand that uh, American people here really value hardworking, but f- this family they work really hard, yes. but still you know, have very little income for 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 living, uh, sending children to to school. Well, and I think that this country does value the hard work ethic of people people who want to help themselves and want to have a, a better life. And what you're describing is exactly what I think resonates with most Catholics, which is Christ called us to help each other help each other. Yeah. So how do we lift people up so they can then learn to take care of themselves the best that they can? And it sounds like that's what you're trying to train people to do. Yeah. So um, uh, unfortunately, this area where family is living uh, is uh, the, the area that's normally attacked a lot by the natural disaster, flood, hurricane. So two years ago, one big hurricane attacked uh, the, the, the central of Vietnam in November 2017. And uh, four million people affected, and uh, 107 uh, people was killed. And 100,000 families uh, lost their livelihood and uh, house. So in the area where... Uh, CIS is working, like 70% of uh, families lost their crop, and 50% of the uh, families uh, lost their house or the roof of the house destroys. So when, uh, during the night time, when the hurricane attacks the village, so the father worked far away in the cities, so only Ching and her mother and her brother and sister stay at home. And they were very scared when they saw that the roof was destroyed. And, oh, wow. and, and they scared, just crying. And, and then they need to live in a relative house. And it's very costly for the families if they need to fix the roof the house. And it's cost them like $90. It's big. $90. $90. It's big amount of yeah. money for That's for, a big for amount of money if you're getting $5 a day on snails. Yeah. Yeah. And if they need to borrow money to fix the house, so it would take them a year to repay. So CS came in right after the des- disaster to support the local people and support the family. So uh, we provided like $35 in cash for family. So different families, they say, use for different purposes. So some family use us for immediate need uh, food. Because food gone, and uh, Qing family use us for, for for fixing the roof of the house. So with thirty five dollars, they ask uh, relative to lend remaining money to fix the the roof. So CRS provided some seed money, so to speak, uh, a down payment type of money that they then could augment with other relatives that could give them just enough to be able to get a roof back on their house. Yes, that's correct. So uh, we, we provide support, and I'm very happy that uh, because uh, with that support, so children have a safe shelter to live, warm house to live, and family can save money to buy food for, for children. Otherwise, they will be in hunger. And we continue to work with school, community, to support the family and increase their agricultural production as well. 
That's fantastic. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio, and we've been talking with uh, Maria Arroyo and then most recently this time with Tung Truong about the struggles that the people of Vietnam have been going through. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about what we can do as uh, parishioners, as people from Southern California, Catholics, who are able and called to, to help those who are trying to help themselves. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will be right back. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And before I go any further, I want to make sure I take a moment, because I will forget at the end. I want to say thank you to the two guests that we've had today, and continue to have, because we're not done yet, but... Tung Trung has been talking most during this last uh, 45 minutes. Uh, he's here from Vietnam, where he grew up in extreme poverty in the aftermath of the war. He, as an infant, survived um, direct bombings and then later in life, a great deal of poverty and hunger. And has grown up to want to work with people and so is now the national director for Vietnam for relief services, for Catholic relief services. And I want to thank you for coming into the United States to share with us the story of what's going on in Vietnam and how Catholic relief services is helping there. And then um, Maria Arroyo, who's our own local person for Catholic relief services, you brought Tung out here. You sponsored him in order to bring him here. Thank you so much for helping to make that happen. I know there's a number of people who help make that happen, but on behalf of all of them, thank you for for helping him share with us the, the heartfelt stories that he's brought to our listening audience. These are real people. These are people who have been suffering and who are not asking for handouts as much as they're asking for a handout for help. And that's what... Catholic Relief Services has been doing. You were saying that there's more to the story of the little girl. What was her name again? Uh, her name is Ching. Ching. And she has hopes and dreams. Yeah. As I mentioned, when I met her, we talked about uh, her life, her family, and uh, her parent livelihood, and, and, and also nice talk about the, the futures. So she said that I would like to become a doctor. Because I would like to provide treatment to my mother, my mother, and, and poor people in the village. So that's a dream of, of a child. The family is very poor. And I, I talked to the mother, and she said that we did not have opportunity to stay long in the school, only a few years. But uh, I really would like to send my kid to school so their uh, future could be different and could be brighter. So I feel that that's something we need to work together to support uh, and nurture the dream of the children. Though they are poor and they work very hard, but they have dreams for futures, so we can do something to, to support them. Actually, we, we, we are now running different programs to support the community and families. Currently, we work with the weather forecast centers and agriculture extension centers in the province just to provide very important and essential information for, for farmers on, on weather and pro provide them with a recommendation on the timing of the plantation and, oh, and, wow. and plantation technique and technique for harvesting. So we organize farmers in a group so they have a meeting sharing information about weather and plantation technique and they can learn from each other. So real practical uh, help to make what they're doing more productive. Yeah. When to plant based on weather reports and the weather stations that you're working with and when to harvest. That's fantastic. And, and yes, we did achieve very good results last year. So with those important information, so the productivities of rice, of sesame, peanuts, of the village last year increased significantly. So children in the village have more food to eat and they could be in the school instead of working uh, for family. Maria, this has been a, an inspiring story of struggle, but yet also glimpses of hope and, and success. 
how can we Catholics help? Absolutely. You know, one of those opportunities is made available every year um, throughout the season of Lent. Many of the parishes and schools in the Diocese of Orange participate in CRS Rice Bowl program. And um, those who are familiar with it um, will notice that it's not only it's not only the little box, but there is numerous resources that come um, as as a unit with the rice bowl with the rice bowl program. So, the idea and the hope is that um, really it's an education and formation program and process, um, so we can you know deepen our faith, widen our horizon for um, reaching out to the most poor and vulnerable around the world, as we are a, a universal church. So uh, CRS Rice Bowl program really offers that opportunity that as, as a family, as, as parents, as a parish community, as a school community, we journey together in a very intentional way throughout the six weeks of Lent in deepening that understanding. So we meet very closely with um, three countries this year, Vietnam, as Tung has been sharing about um, Kenya and Guatemala. So those are um, the three countries that we journey with this Lent. We learn the stories of three different young girls. Um, and specifically this year, the focus is the theme of hunger and malnutrition. Um, so that that is a theme that, that we invite people to, to reflect on. How can we in the United States help invest, help be uh, a, a resource to reduce hunger and malnutrition around the world. One of the things that I, I'm so glad we're able to clarify, but when these boxes, when I first saw them several years ago, and they were called rice bowls, and the thought that comes to mind is, okay, this is fo- this is money to go buy food for people, and so it's basically just food money, and that's not what mm-hmm. Catholic Relief Services does, though you do, but that's not your primary purpose. Your primary purpose is to provide long-term strategic help to empower people over time. Is that a, a better absolutely. way of putting it? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. So this isn't about just buying bags of rice. That <laughs> no, no. So the money that we do raise, the money that the Catholic community uh, invests, is really that. It's an investment in the different type of work that um, Tong has been sharing, right? Programs that help prevent during natural disasters that help prevent children being blown up through landmines that help create um, better resources um, and training for teachers for improved education for for young children that help um, journey with uh, local farmers to improve their crops so you know nutrition is more readily available. These are the programs. These are. The uh, this is the work of charity and justice that our contributions during Lent and as part of the Rice Bowl program help help invest in. What also impresses me is so much of what Tung talked about was meeting with the people to know what their needs are. This isn't this isn't stuff about high being thrown at them. This is actually what do you need, and then how can we help you achieve that. And strategically, that seems to be the direction that CRS has been going in. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. From the ground up rather than the top down. Yes. You know, we understand that we don't know the cultural norms. We don't know, you know, the local resources. This is the right? Who knows them? subsidiarity it's, at its best. Yes, <laughs> the, the local people know them, right? Yes. They're the ones who know. They're the ones who can best say, you know, what will work, what the resources are. You know what might be better approaches, but um, so we work together with with them. And we also talk a lot about sustainability of our intervention, mm-hmm. not only one-off uh, support, but uh, we want to build capacity of the local people, mm-hmm. so they they can continue to 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 run their project activity in the future and and and, and support each other. See. So bring impact to a larger scale. Yes, and 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 the hope is that we are able to move out of the community sooner than later because the people have been, it's you know, been the, the, capacity, the capacity building has been successful. So this is a, a beautiful marriage in, uh, between subsidiarity at the lowest level and solidarity where the rest of us who are not in Vietnam but are in, frankly, a, for most of us, a more comfortable setting here in Southern California, how can we give a little of ourselves in solidarity 
with those who are trying to empower people. So that's what the boxes are about. But if they want to find out more information, how would they go about doing that? Are they on the boxes? Is the rest of the information on the boxes? Yes. If um, you do have some of the boxes available to you, our um, website is on the bottom of the box. You can go there. And that website still, is, by the, the way. The website is crsricebowl.org. crsricebowl.org. So you can go there and you can order if you have not, and you can ask for it to be rushed. So you can order as many rice bowls as you need. Um, either for your parish community, for your school, or you can order one for your family. Yes, yeah, so we invite you to visit our website, crs.org, and crsricebowl.org, specifically for rice bowl materials. And I would like to, to uh, say something about this uh, rice bowl this year. So I guess can see the nice uh, pictures with a very nice smile from uh, Ching's. The, she has a beautiful smile on that yeah, face. Yeah, the, the girl that I share a story with you. So this uh, little box have really uh, powerful, uh, really magic power. So mm-hmm. one little box could change uh, life of a children, and many little box could change many lives. So please uh, work together and to support children around the world. And I'm here uh, today and this month. Just want to say thank you for America people who has been very uh, generously provide support to the CS program. So uh, have it to be able to run our program in Vietnam and in many other countries to support people in this and, and children. Well, and I, I know in addition to the radio broadcast you're doing right now, you've been here in the Diocese of Orange, you've been up in the Diocese of San Bernardino. You're here providing information about how people can help. If they don't have lots of pocket change, checks work as well, I take it. Absolutely. They, they can find out that address information by going again to crs.org. crs.org for our general website um, or crsricebowl.org to find out more, um, more of the resources that they can download. And I'd like to thank the um, Diocese of Orange, the, the Catholic community in the Diocese of Orange, who have been participating in this program for quite a few years now. So thank you for your generosity, which has um, helped us to continue to support the programs that um, Tung has been sharing about. And once again, I want to thank you, Tung, and thank you, Maria, for coming in and sharing with us information about how we can stand in solidarity with those who are trying to help themselves. Would you please lead us in that wonderful prayer you had before. I think it'll make a little bit of a difference now that they hear it again. Oh God, your creation nourishes us, and we are called to care for it. When we don't, our global family suffers. This Lent teaches us to share what we have so that, like the day Jesus fed the 5,000, all your children have enough food to build their dreams and a brighter future. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Spirit, Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today have been uh, Tung Trung and Maria Arroyo from Catholic Relief Services. And if you would like to share this or listen to this again, you can go to occatholic.com. And at occatholic.com, you can go to the radio tab and download the podcast, which will be up shortly, and share this or listen to it again. Again, you're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will see you again next week.